Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. There is a place where time stands still. Where nature is harsh and demanding. Where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. Good morning, everybody. This is Annie for Showreel, our little look at the Australian film industry and all the other things that go on in it. Uh, on 3CR here this morning. And uh, today I'm going to feature a, a actor pre-screening Q&A uh, film that uh, was shown a couple of months ago but uh, hasn't been released in Australia yet. Uh, just to remind you that if you want to see some of these uh, Australian films as they come along uh, in preparation for the Actor Awards, you can become a Actor member. So just go online and uh, see what how that's done and you pay a yearly fee, which is uh, probably about $70 a year, gets you access to the screenings and uh, it allows you to also have a limited... Uh, um, you get to vote uh, in some of the categories of the Actor Awards Every year, so uh, one of the Australian films that has made this year was called Judy and Punch, and it's by a director called Mira Fuchs, who is a little bit of a Renaissance woman, really. She's an Australian director. She's a screenwriter, film and television actress, and uh, she is uh, one uh, one of the members of Blue Tongue Films, which is a, a film collective and production company, and uh, it includes people like uh, Joel Edgerton, Nash Edgerton herself, uh, Kieran Darcy-Smith, Luke Doolan, and others. And uh, it, this has allowed them to put together some fantastic features which have uh, made their way into the... Uh, uh, big world as well as the Australian stage and uh, it was the opening film at this month's Brisbane Film Festival. It was of course at the Melbourne Film Festival so you may have seen it uh, but anyway it's a, a terrific film. It's really unusual and as you probably could gather by the name it's a reversion of uh, the uh, Punch and Judy uh, horror puppet show but it's uh, a lot more anyway this is a discussion with uh, audience uh, and uh, the director Mira Fawkes and uh, the great Australian filmmaker Sue Brooks there's so many things to talk about with this film but let's start on that in particular not knowing whether to laugh or cry not knowing whether yeah. to laugh or cry so let's start on that that was the knife edge you were walking on all the way through the film how was that for you um 
scary um, being a first film. I didn't quite know whether the, the you know, it, obviously the film's tonally really kind of unusual and um, and that's very intentional. Um, and that felt that felt kind of terrifying, but I did, um, you know, I really set out to try and make something that didn't feel like anything else. Um, that was my ambition, I, you know, whether or not I pulled that off is not for me to say, but um, that I was I was very intent on doing that, and I was lucky that I kind of uh, landed in a situation with people around me, the people who were paying for the movie and the people who were helping me make it um, helped to facilitate that. Uh, but it's still scary. I mean, I, I find it really difficult to watch. I find it difficult to to talk about. Um, I found it. I found the edit terrifying. Um, I found the shoot terrifying. The whole thing was pretty scary. <laughs> Can I ask you what that first experience of showing it to strangers was like? Showing it to people where you've thrown the baby out the window, and I wish I'm sure you've felt it now. What it feels like to have the baby thrown out the window. Yeah. And how was that? How is that? For well, it you feels different in every room, which is what I love about, which is what I love about cinema actually, that you can have that really kind of communal experience, and it can feel different from room to room. Um, but the first time we screened the movie was at Sundance, and I had sh I'd only shown it. I'd had a couple of screenings throughout the handful of screenings throughout the edit, um, mainly just well, entirely friends and family, um, and. And so none of those were bigger than probably, I think maybe 10 people was the most when we're getting towards towards locking. Um, and so it was the first screening to strangers. It was a big screening, it was Sundance, and it was um, screening to an American audience and I had no idea how the comedy would kind of let play or or whether or not, I, I mean, I, I really tried to make a film that could play well to someone that had no understanding or no historical kind of connection to the Punch and Judy story. But I didn't know whether that would be the case, whether it would be difficult for people w without that kind of cultural um, connection to connect to the movie. Uh, so yeah, it was really frightening, but it was great. It was kind of exciting actually. That first, uh, that it was a really vocal audience, and it was really. Um, I felt like I was very aware of where people were at with with the film just by by sitting in the room. So it was fun. Kind of, well, no, it wasn't fun. It was exciting. <laughs> how, how do you want us to feel when the baby gets thrown out the window? Well, I kind of love that everyone has their own personal reaction. I mean, I always love it. I was saying to you earlier, I always do love it when there's someone who can't stop laughing. That makes me feel very happy, but that's only because I find it disturbingly funny. But, um, you know, it's it's nice to hear this sort of whole kind of gamut. And that particular sequence in the movie, obviously, is is where you, you sort of, I'm like kind of trying to take you on the most extreme journey from that to to Judy's beating, so um, I, I kind of find it really fascinating to hear the audible sort of gamut of reactions. And, um, I mean, I suppose most people know that but Punch does throw the baby out the window in the pun Punch and Judy. So yeah, I mean, traditionally every kind of puppeteer would have a different version of the, but there was the stock characters and, and stock things that would tend to happen in the story, and sometimes you'd drop the baby or sit on the baby, but the baby inevitably... Um, something. It's not unusual. No, no. And then take us on to the beating mm. of Judy. Tell, me, tell us about how you, how, what was happening for you when you thought you were going to do that and how you wanted to interpret it and right. how you wanted us to feel, really. Yeah. Um, well, for me, the, 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 the film is about, first and foremost, it's about our relationship to violence and particularly violence in pop culture and violence in entertainment. 
Um, and so I was kind of fascinated with that idea about trying a to to have something extremely um, horrific, um, try and find a way to make it absurd enough to be funny, and whether or not that was possible, uh, and then to to then turn it on its head and and deal with the beating in such a way that made you suddenly aware of the fact of aware of what you're laughing at and aware of the, the, the kind of reality of it, of it without, uh, and again we were talking just briefly before while well, you guys were watching the movie about this, about um, n navigating, negotiating your depiction of violence on screen because I'm also very squeamish and I don't, um, I don't love watching uh, really sustained intense violence on screen. I find, I find it really hard to watch. So I didn't have any, I, my intention wasn't to want to subject my audience to something really horrific but at the same time I wanted to kind of um, bring up a level of realism that made us kind of reflect on what it is about that sort of stuff that is continually passed down through um, folklore and pop culture and all these different forms of theatre or sport or entertainment that that um, that that maintains our fascination with with violence and domestic abuse and quite often that 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 is directed towards women. The first and foremost, the film for me is not about gender; it's about that violence and you know the, then. Then secondary to that is the fact that more often than not, it's women that are the subjects of that. So the domestic violence um, aspect of it, um, I mean, I was very conscious of it being, of it talking to us about where we are now at the same time. And one scene that really stood out for me was the Tai Chi moment. Is that, can, can you talk about why you put the Tai Chi in? The, but that just sort of landed me into another into this world? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I was con constantly sort of wanting to pepper the script with things that obviously it's not a, a historically accurate period film by any stretch and we broke a lot of rules with language and we broke a lot of rules with production design, the look of the film and all kinds of things and also with what people are doing and saying and so I was sort of kind of... Um, you know, peppering the script all the time with that sort of stuff, and um, there was something uh, there was something that I thought was sort of I, I, I actually remember watching um, being in a hotel or a building and looking down on a park somewhere in Asia and watching a group of women doing Tai Chi together, and there was something so kind of the unison of it was really fluid and beautiful, and I just sort of thought, what a community of of bodies and minds and I don't know it felt apt for that world. Um, for, for me what it did, which I don't know if it's what you meant or not, but for me I just thought oh yeah we're here still, it's still happening, this is now, mm. it's just a little quick reference to us, yeah. you know, without actually breaking the spell which um, which was a lot to do with the music as much and the soundtrack as much yeah. as anything. So you didn't break the spell of the movie that we're in but you were you just did a little reference there, or occasionally there were references to us that says contemporary the domestic time. violence mm. is 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 foregrounded in in why you're doing the film in the first place. I, yeah, I yeah. presume. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. One of the things that I found extraordinary about the film were the phenomenal details. I'm sure everybody else feels this too, but it was just this like. As I was watching it as a director, I just felt um, in awe of your work, of all of the... Coming from you, so that's yeah, yeah, very lovely thing to say. Forget it, we'll stop. <laughs> but just the phenomenal number of details, the fact that the the theatre, the gallows represented the theatre, that the, the bunny's ears were perfect, that the the twins were perfect, mm. the makeup was perfect, the eyes were perfect, the, 
it was just, it went on and on and on of this list of details. So, I, mean, I think Sydney Lumet says there are no small small, small decisions in filmmaking, and I thought, oh, oh this yeah. was this was absolutely um, an example of that. You know, that you constantly made all of the details um, add up to a whole world which we actually couldn't even say what that world was. We could never actually say, oh, it is 1695, blah. Mm. We don't know where Good. it is. Yeah, I mean, that was sort of the intention. But it was your whole world. Um, oh, I was very lucky. I mean, I, I had an, we shot the film here in Victoria. I don't know um, if uh, everybody knows that or not, but um, I had... I mean, that's, that stuff's so interesting. When you start... When you start and then this, this is my first film, so it's the first time I kind of... It, it's it's so much different on a, on a short film um, scale, but when you start to unpick the level of details of things that you need to be across, it's kind of almost enough for you to lose your mind. And there's certain things that maybe you feel really comfortable in, you have a very clear, decisive idea about what that should be, and there's other things that you need people to help you, and um, that's where good heads of department come in. I felt really lucky. I had great people in the film that, that helped bring that world. I was particularly world. impressed with the stitching on the clothes. Now, Isn't it, it good? <laughs> it's, or, and his crutch, you know, it was yeah. fantastic. Yeah, like, Eddie is just amazing. But yeah. getting all of those details right so that we could enter that world, um, I thought was amazing. Can you talk to us a bit about um, the music, which is phenomenal? Yeah. yeah, that's um, so. The composer Frank Titas um, has just moved back to Melbourne, but he w he was living in LA when we started talking, and um, he he sent me. I sent him the script, and he had a read, and then he sent me um, a a whole a big long email full of just references of stuff and really loopy stuff from all. He's got an amazing musical brain. He's um, he he knows a lot about music from from um, all different eras, and um, he just I felt like he got the tone of the film. And me and Danny Cooper, the editor, were really struggling to temp the film um, to find temp music in the edit that worked because um, nothing really felt quite of our movie. And I I, I hope I think it was because we were trying to make something that felt like nothing else, and we couldn't find music that kind of. Um, was quite right. So we had a whole bunch, and we constantly were changing stuff, and going, oh, it's not quite right. And um, Frank uh, had a lot of music to write, heaps of music to write, and it, he came in um, on relatively late. I don't know whether it was, yeah, I think it was late, because we were still dropping in cues when we were mixing, like the final day of the mix, we were dropping in big cues. So it was pretty late. So it was sort of terrifying, just thinking, oh, we're going to get there. And um, he... He is just great. He recorded so much interesting stuff. He he really pushed to have the children's choir in there. Um, he found, he has a friend who had um, a shed full of um, instruments down somewhere near Phillip Island that he went and collected and brought up here to record with. And they're all um, a lot of mechanical and found instruments um, that he'd been his friend who was a collector had been collecting over years and years um so you know he brought things like the gamelan in or you know there was rubber chickens and organs and wind up kind of things and he found what he was so playful with his score it was so i i just loved watching him work that was really fun but in particular what i'm interested in is that shift that you do in the music which is that has that comical tone all the way through till i think it makes a big musical shift around the time that she wakes up mm -hmm. as what's the young girl's name the 
Oh, um, Scotty, the redhead, the yeah, girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this woman's having a lot of trouble waking up. Yeah. So what's Stay awake. Awake. <laughs> Staying awake, which is a fabulous line in the script. I have to Isn't say, she great. Um, well, Daisy yeah. Axel is her name. Yeah. That young actor, yeah. and but she it's was also so, so, to, so um, such a such a great line in your film about women staying awake to the problem. Yeah. Anyhow, I suppose you know that you wrote it. Um, <laughs> but um, there seems to be a shift around there. Yeah. Um, can you explain how you work that shift? Oh, yeah, well that shift sort of happened, uh, the, the, I think the back end, the music in the back end of the film was a little easier than the music in the front end. The, the most difficult cue was the opening puppet sequence, which was the last cue that we um, locked in, but also the whole kind of ridiculous slapstick um, kind of sequence of the, the, the dog and the sausage, that was like, oh, how do we do this? How do we somehow kind of bridge the, um, how do we, yeah, without it being just um, super silly or um, and again it was just you know it was Frank and sketch stuff we'd try stuff something would work something wouldn't work we'd, we'd to and fro a lot we I came down for a little while and um, we worked together just to um, really specifically try and kind of score a picture and I, I guess it just sort of evolved pretty organically um, I, we talked a lot about I mean I was a bit nervous about working um, with a composer because I've never worked with one and I'm not very musical I don't play an instrument and I was I'd heard other directors having conversations with composers and they were able to talk about, you know, majors and minors and do this when they did it. And I was like, oh, fuck, I can't do any of that. I don't know that language. But um, I realised that actually it wasn't my job. My job was just to talk in feelings and emotions, which I could do. And then Frank would interpret that musically, which he did a beautiful job of. So, yeah, I guess we, just, we talked a lot and, you know, back, went back and forth with, with different ideas, found stuff that worked, some things didn't, tried, you know, on that opening puppet cue, I think we tried maybe... I feel like we tried 50 different versions of what it could be before we landed on something. Well, it feels perfect now, so... Thanks. <laughs> the effort was worth it. There are two other bits of the script that I thought were amazing, and I probably I can't remember them word by word, but um, um, when Punch says to us at the beginning, which I presume is part, you know, we have to give them what they want. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like we've landed on what the film's about there. Yeah. We have to, and you probably can remember the quote better. I can. I the conversation between Punch and, and Frankly. No, um, no, with Judy right at the beginning. Oh, she right. Said, Sorry, Judy yeah, says it's getting a bit punchy. Yes, yes, yes. They love the punchy and the smashy, yeah. Tell us about that bit. Well, again, I, I just kind of liked this. I mean, I find him, I, and Damon is so great. I love his performance in the movie so much. But, I mean, Punch is so absurd. In that scene, he's so absurd. I mean, he's kind of calling himself the greatest puppeteer of all time. And, and, and I just I just love that sort of um, leaning into that sort of um, um, pompous sort of... Um, What's the what's the right way to say it? But him him giving himself permission basically to um, to enact what was innately in him. You know, it's the, it's that meta thing of that there's a violent man brewing in there, and he's he's doing it vicariously with the puppets until he's doing it with his wife. You know, but for me, to he felt wife. like he was Tarantino saying, "I have to give them what we want." Right? Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. No one else. <laughs> <laughs> That's who it felt like to me. But yeah. the other moment to me that was extremely striking it was when well, after he's killed the baby and and he thinks he's called her. Mm -hmm. And he looks in the mirror and he's the performer and he knows now that he can perform his way out of this. Mm. 
and haven't we seen so many? I mean, I hope I'm not overreading your film, but oh, haven't no. haven't no. we seen so many of these men? And I've um, whatever, and we've watched them on screen um, doing those performances where they look straight at the camera and say. I've lost my wife, I don't know how it's happened, and I sit in my lounge room and decide whether he's guilty or not. Right, yeah. And I know because of I'm judging the performance, and and I think you sitting in that scene are telling us, talking to us about that very that very moment. Mm, mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I love I love it when you get insight into those tiny private moments in in a film when you have a have a have a quiet private little glimpse into a character's heart and um, and again um, kudos to Damon for making that work so well and feel so you know that's fine chilling or tingling yeah, yeah. tune in to on screen and find out more about what's on the big and the small screen each Saturday 11 a.m. till 12 noon on 3CR it's a program on film, on filmmakers and on film festivals. It's called On Screen, mm, but it's on the radio, 3CR. From October the 28th to the 31st, some of the worst climate criminals will be gathering for the International Mining Conference, IMARC, at the Melbourne Convention Centre. Blockade IMARC is an activist alliance committed to putting a stop to the mass destruction caused by extractive industries across the globe and the harm they cause to communities and ecosystems. We need your help to be part of this blockade. Find out how at blockadeimark.com or check out our Facebook page, Blockade IMARC. A 3CR supporter. You're on 3CR and the tail end of Showreel and the, we've been featuring a discussion with Sue Brooks with the director uh, Mira Falks who is a fantastic... I mean, she's created this incredible film with all the people who are involved in the making of Judy and Punch. As I said, it was uh, the opening screen uh, film for the Brisbane Film Festival this month and you should expect it on cinema screens in Australia. Uh, It is quite an extraordinary film and as the woman said, uh, she set out to make a film that isn't like any other film and she actually does, does succeed. It's quite extraordinary film. It stars... A, a quite extraordinary actor. It stars uh, Mia Wasiskowska. I don't know how to say her name. Um, the woman who was uh, the lead in uh, the most recent version of uh, Madame Bovary. Um, she was also in um, the Crimson... Oh, I can't remember the name of that uh, gothic uh, horror that was... Uh, made a couple of years ago. But anyway, you'll recognise her when you see her. Uh, also, Damon Her- Herriman, who uh, plays uh, the um, the Despicable Punch. Uh, extraordinary film, absolutely extraordinary. Coming up next is uh, uh, Published or Not, and we'll go out with The Bachelorette's Duet Minus One. 
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.